Welcome everybody to another episode of Clear Conversations. I'm here with Dylan Reynolds. Um, he is a video creator. He's done a lot of interesting work. Um, if you want to go check out his Instagram, it's Dylan Reynolds. Um, he's got a lot of things on there that I personally vibe with, and I think you would too. So Dylan, how's it going, my man? How's it going, man? Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. It's really cool to uh, to be on and just talk about like like-minded things. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I, you know, it was kind of funny because I'm a fan of Manny. And so he's, he was like, you know, you got to reach out to Dylan, man. You got to have him on your podcast. You got to see his work. And I was like, Dylan who? And then he sent me a link to this episode. <laughs> and then I, I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then I checked out your podcast, which I just had to ask. So the picture I don't know if this is the vibe you're going with, but when I saw it, I thought it was like taken from Steve Jobs. Okay. Because Steve <laughs> Jobs has like, because like if I, I think it's the movie Jobs with Ashton Kutcher and he has that same like hand under chin. Okay. Like, so I actually, I forgot what it is. So I actually had to go and look up my podcast. <laughs> I forgot what my picture was. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Yeah, man. So um, I'm a full-time filmmaker. I'm good friends with Manny too. He's super, super cool guy. I'm stoked you, uh, he linked you up with me. It's always good to, to reach out to uh, other people. Um, but yeah, I'm a full-time filmmaker and I'm, I'm currently based in Portugal and kind of my, I guess what you could say main niche that I do filmmaking for is more on the, I'm really uh, interested in the marketing side of things. So I like to do, you know, short commercials. If you looked at my Instagram, you see it's a lot of sh short, like pre-roll ads. Uh, some of my videos are five to 10 seconds, really quick. Uh, just a bottle entering into the video, whatever, you know, um, with some spice to it, add in an after effects. And then I just do things like that. And for the longer, I will do other commercials too, that aren't just necessarily product commercials. I'll also do, um, actual standalone commercials sometimes as well. But, uh, and then here and there I'll do, you know, what every filmmaker does wedding, whatever, when it comes up, because with COVID, uh, you know, try to get as many jobs as you can, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a lot to take in, but like, you know, I got to ask, where did it all start for you? Yeah. So, um, basically I've, yeah, I've been doing this as a hobby for as long as I could rem remember. I grew up surfing and skating. And uh, to this day, I still do surf mainly. I don't really skate that much. But so because of that, I always kind of had a camera around and, you know, was filming buddies, sponsor me tapes, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that kind of just progressed into I, I kind of went on to different things. I got as I said, I got really into marketing for a couple years. So I started my own marketing business um, and, you know, I, I got into all these little endeavors. I could never really hold a job for too long. And, uh, I kind of just, you know, about a two years ago now, I want to say, I just, um, I would just kind of have this, like, I don't want to say rock bottom moment, but like, I just had this moment where I was just like, I had no idea what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. I just kind of felt lost. And, uh, I ended up picking up a camera. I saw Peter McKinnon and, uh, I know that sounds so cliche, you know, watching Peter McKinnon, but it made me, you know, I had a trip planned to Italy and I was just like, everything started coming together. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that 
camera. I'm going to go to Italy. And uh, I kind of just, it started all from there, I guess, like professionally, you could be speaking. That's when I really, I really started picking up the camera again. And then from there, you know, I started watching more Peter McKinnon. And then that led me to Matty Hapoya. And that led me to Daniel Schiffer. And that led me to all these other guys I saw. And then watching those people, I was like, okay, so I could actually do this and make like solid amount of money. And then I stepped out of those guys and I kind of stepped into the actual like industry, um, you know, like learning about the industry, learning about filmmaking, not just these, you know, B-roll trends, but actually like learning how to tell stories and, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. That's, man, that's so sounds like you have a lot of inspirations there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> are, are you a fan of like Casey Nice? Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm okay. a, I'm a fan of, of Casey Neistat. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I know he was like a, a main guy for a lot of people, but for me, he, just, it was cool, but I love Casey Neistat because of his, his level of storytelling, but I'm also obsessed with a really, really solid image. And a lot of mm. Casey's stuff is just kind of very run and gun. Yeah. Um, and lately I've, I've been obsessed with trying to find that like cinema look that really, really proper look with the storytelling and kind of trying to figure out or not trying to figure out, but just trying my best to get better at putting that together. So Guys who have been doing that have been a lot of my, uh, a big part of my inspiration lately. That's awesome. That's, that's great. It sounds like um, you kind of have a particular outlook for what you like and what you dislike. And it's not really like, okay, well, everybody likes this. So I'm going to like this, but you know, this is the reason why I appreciate this because this is what I want to do. Whereas versus, you know, with a lot of things, it could just be like, oh, that looks cool. So I'm just going to like that, you know? Right. And, and totally. so I, you know, I appreciate your work. I, I was, I was going to mention, I, I was going to mention California tacos. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tell me about that. <laughs> okay. And so, um, <laughs> thank you, by the way, I appreciate it that you like my work. Uh, and second it. is California tacos. So basically my family and I, we moved to Portugal a couple years ago, as okay. I mentioned already. Um, and, you know, we came from California and in California, there's a lot of really good Mexican food. So uh, we started a family business called California Tacos. My dad particularly and specifically is the one that started that. And um, and then he just started franchising it out. So now we got one in the U.S. or he's got one in the U.S. But uh, that California Tacos was a big part of me as a filmmaker mm. because, you know, I, because it was a, a family business, I was able to, you know, by nepotism get hired as the video guy because when i you know when i started i i had no idea what to do how to do it uh -huh. so i was learning and the best way to learn is in the field like through experience so the fact that you know it was a family restaurant i saw that as an opportunity to be able to use that as experience to be able to shoot for a, a client mm -hmm. um and you know in front of people now having the pressure of shooting with people uh, but California tacos is really cool. Now that I'm, um, I've been doing a, you know, I've been, I've been doing it for a while. It's been, um, uh, I mean, now I get paid to do videos for them, but I don't do a ton of videos for them anymore. I'm not in charge of their content anymore. I just kind of stepped out mm -hmm. of that, 
But um, I do help. I, I mean, it's my dad's business. So whenever he needs help, whenever he needs me to fly out to a different location to shoot a video, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of the deal with the California tacos thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, that's so neat to hear because like, it kind of like opened, like you got your foot in the door there and the experience came and it was just like, okay, now I'm on the ground level and now I have time to practice my craft. Right. And, and so it seems like, you know, with, with your, you know, your family's business, you took California tacos and was like, okay, this is how I'm going to work, you know, totally. with this bit, with, the, with this business, but not, only worth with this business, but with other businesses to really, you know, build, you know, my persona or my, my appeal to others. And I, I yeah. feel like you did that real well. Sorry, my dog. Thank you. He's barking in the background. No worries, <laughs> man. I'm, I apologize too, because uh, I, there's, there's people upstairs right now having dinner. Yeah. So it's, they're all rowdy and loud and laughing. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, also too, I just want to talk a little about, you know, it seems like, you know, you had to start from somewhere and it seems like with California tacos, that's where you started. But what for somebody or one, one of our listeners, if they were like, okay, where do I start? If I want to get into that kind of a craft, what, what would you recommend? Like software yeah. equipment? Like, you know, because I feel like a lot of people feel pressured and feel held back because they're like, they have to have the best, this, the best, that. Totally. The best. And it's like, totally. just use your iPhone. <laughs> like, right. You know? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So there's two, there's two parts of this. First, the initial part is if you're trying to figure out if you want to get into it and you, you know, you want to buy a camera to figure that out. Mm -hmm. First, you have your iPhone, go shoot with an iPhone to a certain extent, because I would say once you already know you want to do this and now it's just an issue of what gear I should buy, then I would say, okay, don't show up to a client project with an iPhone, but you know, um, at that point I would, I would recommend, you know, it depends your budget. That's such a tough question because, you know, you need a camera, you need a lens and you need good audio. And, um, I think you could really get away with a, a kit lens, uh, you know, a cheap Canon to start with and, uh, you know, a decent shotgun road mic mm -hmm. to get started. But, you know, as far as getting started and getting those clients, I firmly and strongly believe in something called free to fee. I don't know if you've ever heard about that before. No, I think but, Manny man mentioned it once. Yeah, I talk I talk about it with Manny all the time. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So um, free to fee essentially is what you do is you offer your services when you're new for free to get your foot in the door. And that's how on my website, I have like decent, like solid sized companies that I've been able to do work for because I did the first one for free. Yeah. And they're not going to say no to a free video. So you message them and you say, Hey, listen, I want to do, I would have never been able to scale as much as I did as quickly as I did and hone in on my craft as fast as I did. Mm. And it's because I did free to fee. Even to this day, I still do it. I'll offer free work in the beginning. I'll build a good relationship with the client. Mm -hmm. And then they'll likely, or it, you know, it tends to actually happen is they always rehire me for paid work. Mm -hmm. Um, but the free to fee, you do a free, a free video and eventually they, they'll start hiring you and that's where you charge them a fee. Um, and it's a great method to get your foot in the door. You message a company or you go in, you call a company, you do whatever you need to do and you just tell them, hey, listen, I'll do this video for free and I'm starting out, I'm trying to build out my portfolio and then they'll, I guarantee you for anybody listening who or that one listener that you're saying, 
that wants to start and doesn't know where that's where I would recommend starting. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's pretty sweet. Um, you know, when you were describing that, I kind of thought about it. Like, it's like, it's like, if, if you wanted to get all like, okay, this is going to be an illustration far out, but it's like, if you want the, <laughs> the worker bees, you got to get the queen, you know, totally. And so totally. once you get the queen, you get all the worker bees. And then once you get all the worker bees, you got a good business. Totally. And so just like that mentality is something that I think you're trying to gauge on with, with the free to feed, but no, that's awesome, man. I mean, I think, yeah. I think one of the most important things is building that relationship. Right. Cause it's, cause it's like, we trust this guy. I mean, to come totally. in and do work, it's like, you know, you're important to them now. So it's like, absolutely. Okay. You know, it's not and another like, thing. Yeah. Another, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Another no, thing no, I would recommend fine. doing is over delivering always, okay. always over deliver. So when I do free work, a lot of people are like, sometimes people are skeptical, like, okay, but why are you doing this for free? And I'm just, I'm very, very clear with them. I'm like, I'm doing this for free because I want to build my portfolio. I want to build proper relationships and I want to stand out from other filmmakers. So I will um, over deliver without telling them I'll take some photos on the side, you know, and, and deliver some extra photos. Or if I, you know, if the scope of work that we talked about is to deliver a one minute video, I'll do that, but then I'll find a way I could re-edit that one minute video into three, you know, 15 second videos. So they can, uh, you know, if, you know, if I'm charging them a thousand dollars or euros for one video mm -hmm. and that's all they're getting is one video, they feel a lot more enticed to rehire you for a thousand or 1500 or two grand or more. Mm -hmm. If you're also over delivering and making them happy with photos and more content, more extra videos out of that one video that they could use. So it can last them a little bit longer and they feel like they're getting a lot more out of what they're hiring you for. I don't think gear matters. It, don't get me wrong. Gear does matter. And I, mm -hmm. I'm sick of hearing people like, okay, don't gear doesn't matter because sometimes it's frustrating because you really, <laughs> really want nice gear. Yeah. And I don't care who you are. Everybody uh, falls victim to that, including <laughs> myself, but you know, you have to work up to that. Like it, it takes time. And unfortunately that's the case. Cause I wish it wasn't otherwise yeah. I'd have, you know, the best cinema gear ever. Um, so I would start on, on something that is within your budget. I would do research and, uh, any DSLR or, you know, it should do the trick to get you started, um, back to your original gear part of this and, you know, get those clients, do some free work, get repeated work, you know, under market yourself just a little bit, and then, you know, save up for a nicer camera, Sony a7 III, Canon 1DX Mark, Mark III, you know, Canon R, uh, EOS R, something like that. Mm, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And then, and then, yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good thought because it's like you, you know, you're giving them a little bit more so you have more to offer later. So it's like, okay, well, he, he was a val of someone that we valued. He was somebody right. of importance to us. So I kind of just have like a side question, you know, totally. I, I have looked into some crazy expensive like cameras, but have you ever had the chance to use a red? No, man, I haven't. I wish <laughs> I would. So I want to use a red so bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, I unfortunately I haven't. <laughs> Here in Portugal, there are, I just, I have a really hard time finding other filmmakers that don't get me wrong. There are filmmakers here, but yeah. it's just so it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a pro and it's a con because 
I really want other like-minded filmmakers to be able to talk with and be able to go shoot with and do things. Uh, but at the same time, it's that's the the con. But the pro of not having a ton of filmmakers out here mm. is it's there's not a lot of competition. Yep, yep, yeah. I man, that's. But I've never yeah. I've, I've never used a, a a red. I would love to. Yeah, you know, it was it was funny because I saw, um, you know, I think his name is Jason Momoa. Yeah, yeah, with the new uh, custom-made <laughs> yeah. red Komodo it's that like he got. Brass knuckles <laughs> yeah. into the camera. I was like, I was like, what is this? How expensive can this camera be? And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. And you're just yeah. like waving it around like, hey, look at my... I was like, man, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I, know, I know a lot of people say that red has a specific look, and it does. Okay. But uh, honestly, if, if, if anybody who's getting into... A cinema camera and i know manny would endorse this more than anybody i know <laughs> is to get a um a black magic pocket cinema camera those black things magic, are okay. beasts i oh, mean yeah. those things there was a the, the guy for, i'm totally blanking out his name he was he directed shazam the movie shazam um and it's a new dc film um not new it's been out for a while i guess i, I would say a year that's irrelevant but basically what this director did is between takes he would go out with a red himself his red uh, sorry not his red his black magic pocket cinema camera 4k he would go out with that and he would shoot scenes that they ended up using in the movie so like big hollywood movies just to put this into context for people like the quality that comes out of these small black magic cinema cameras are uh, like good enough to be on the big screen um because he himself were shooting certain clips of movies with it Wow, that so is... that's what I'd recommend over over a red if you have if you don't have a budget for the red. But of course, I would love to shoot and own a red. It's like all the listeners, if you're looking to start, don't go for a red. Go for a black box <laughs> and spend just a little bit more. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So that's that's great to hear. Um, but what software would you recommend? I know, you know, oh, you, man, you. I mean, let's just be honest, like the typical, you know, when you think of like Mac, you know, you automatically think of iMovie. When you think of Apple, you think of iMovie, you know, and right. that's the only thing that I've personally used for what I I do because I mm -hmm. don't really, I'm not really getting into video creation in that sense, okay. but, but like if, so I would know how to ad advise that listener who would be looking for some like real advice. <laughs> so totally, totally. We, need, we need you to enlighten us. Totally. Um, so if you're on an Apple, okay, well, okay. So this is, this is complicated. I just, I'm going to give some, some uh, preface here. I have been around the block with editing software. So I started on iMovie. I moved over to Final Cut for a year and a half. And then I moved over to Premiere and I've done 90, actually now 100% of my work on Premiere. And just recently, I started getting into DaVinci Resolve. So I definitely have a, a, a good opinion and, you know, good experience in each, each one to be able to, to answer this question. So that's why it's complicated, though, at the same time. So the thing is, if you're on a Mac, um, I would just recommend Final Cut. It, it has a lot of plugins, Final Cut Pro X. It has a lot of plugins. It's not as professional and customizable as Premiere Pro is. Uh, there are a few features that, there are quite a bit of features in my opinion that lack on Final Cut Pro X, 
but it's a great intermediate, even for some professional editing software, like Daniel Schiffer, big, big YouTubers, um, and filmmakers edit with Final Cut Pro. Now, if you're on a PC or even a Mac, Mm -hmm. I would recommend Premiere Pro. Uh, The only bummer about Premiere Pro is that you have a monthly fee or a yearly fee if you want the whole Creative Cloud or with Premiere Pro and After Effects. Uh, That's really good for professionals. I've done a lot of professional editing work um, on Premiere Pro, and it's great because there's just features that just make the video like flow a lot more and simple, small things like keyframing. You're able to, you know, easy ease in and out your keyframes just to smooth out your footage and just make it a little bit more professional. Mm-hmm. And recently I've been diving into DaVinci and I've been obsessed with it. Um, and that's specifically because right now I'm on, uh, I've been obsessed with lighting and colors lately and DaVinci's, you know, the best software out there for color grading. Okay. Uh, that was my long-winded answer. My, <laughs> my short answer is for anybody starting out and you want, I'm assuming you want to get into this professionally. Mm-hmm. If you're on a Mac, go Final Cut. It's a one-time payment. If you're on a PC, go DaVinci if you don't have a budget because it's free. They have a free version or get Premiere because it's also very professional. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. So you heard it from Dylan right there. <laughs> so, so if, if you're interested, you're, you're getting into that profession and you want to know um, where to start and what software to use. I mean, a, a camera's may, maybe what would you say, what that's 50% of the process? Like, like how would you break oh, that yeah. up? Like what's, what's the, the ratio between like the equipment versus the software? I mean, so I'm, I enjoy a lot more being behind the camera. I prefer that all day over editing. Uh, Ever since COVID started, I've actually been editing significantly more than I haven't been behind the camera as much as I'd like to. But as far as if you're doing a full production process, like I'll give you context. I did a, I just did a client shoot for uh, an industrial company called Graco. Okay. And basically I spent a whole day and a half shooting. And I've been editing it now for about a week. So, and I'm almost finished. Um, And that's with one revision so far. So I would say the editing process can be uh, a lot more. And it it also depends too, whether it's like a basic, you know, stitch together a couple clips and edit out the ums and buts. Yeah. uh, Or whether that's like, okay, do you want, like right now the project I'm doing, it's heavy in, in virtual effects. So I'm having to like add, a, I'm having to spend a lot of time in after effects, um, which makes like, in my opinion, like doubles or triples the amount of time that it takes to do things. <laughs> so, um, but for me personally, I spend a lot more time editing than I do behind the camera. I would prefer it to be the other way though. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's so interesting. I, I probably would have thought the opposite for some reason. Um, but yeah, no, that's so interesting to know, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to hear the breakdown of what really goes into it versus, you know, right. what, what's only on the top of the surface that I know of. Right. You know? That's why I'm giving such long winded answers. Yeah, <laughs> I feel no, like I'm I just rambling. <laughs> all the listeners listening, please, please. He's doing this for a good reason. Um, I just want to mention too, I love on your page, it's the little personal projects. So yeah. I really appreciated that. So like I was looking through your page for all the listeners there he does a lot of personal projects that are just 
outstanding. But the Carlsberg, okay, I'm a fan of Carlsberg. Okay. So all all right. that, I was like, oh man, oh man. So I really related with that, but I loved <laughs> um, the lighting. Um, I loved the effects. Like I always, I guess, I mean, this might not be a big thing, but like the look in a like a commercial for a drink when like they do the spill like they right. have and it spills over i always like i'm like mm, that's the icing on the cake yeah right, right yeah they did it right so what like what was the process for that was it just like oh man i'm gonna do this i'm just gonna do this yeah so i was going around my house looking for um because this was earlier on when i was starting to get into product commercials Okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hit as many things as I can do. So I walked around the house and I looked like, okay, what do I have in the kitchen that I can do a product commercial for? And I was looking at my hot sauces and I was drinking a Carlsberg and I was just like, wait, I'll, I'll do one on this. <laughs> so I ended up doing one on this and I'm watching the video right now as I'm talking to you. That spillover when I grabbed it, that shot took me probably like 30 minutes to get right. That was probably like 30 different takes to get that that shot right because i did the spillover a few times the one thing i hated about this video is if you look at the beer at the end when i do the spillover yeah there's not enough um uh i'm blanking out on carbonation like the, i get yeah yeah whatever you, uh there wasn't enough up there because i took too long what i should have done is added some soap in there uh, if you add some soap in the beer, it keeps it a lot more like that, that foam on top, a lot more yeah. foamy. That's the one beef I have with this video, but that the process that went into this was that I went and looked around my house. I found, okay, I'm going to do Carlsberg. Um, so I, I put up my black backdrop. I got, uh, I wanted to challenge myself. So I only used one light and I had gels. So gels, for example, here's a mini one. Um, this is like a gel that you could put over a light, for example. So you want to describe that to the listeners what that is? Yeah. So essentially there's, there's like, uh, like I have the Godox SL60, which is like a, a, a actual like big light, just what you would imagine a big light on set to be. And then there's RGB lights, which are essentially like lights that are square. They come this small. Some can come like pretty big. And what some of them have features where you can just from your phone change the color of the light and they're LED lights, or you could put gels in them. So I have a bunch of different colored gels and I could just put it in. So this is, this is a yellow one. Okay, um, cool. And it gives kind of like a tungsten look. Yeah. So what I did is I looked at, I kind of researched the brand for about 30 minutes and I was like, okay, Carlsberg, obviously their theme is very green. So, um, I'm going to put my RGB light to a green, a green hue. So I put the green gel on and then I had a, another key light where I just left it like uh, white, um, to match the white balance of my camera. And, and then I just shot the commercial that way and just kind of, I didn't really, I usually shot list or storyboard my product ads, mm -hmm. but this one, I just kind of just started doing shots uh, cool, that I just thought looked cool. Oh, cool. Um, and then I just got creative with it. I tried putting on my engineer brain and I put like metal, sh um, kebab sticks that mm -hmm. you like cook shish kebabs with. Yeah. And I duct taped it to the back of the bottle and I like went behind underneath the counter and did this through the camera. And then in after effects, I just, uh, removed the, 
I removed the shish kebab stick. Yeah. And then it made it look like the bottle was floating. Wow. So, you know, just things like that. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's pretty sweet. So I, I guess, you know, one of the most important questions, you know, with your profession, I guess something that we could tell, you know, the listeners is what is the, what has been your favorite pro- project so far in your, prof- in your profession? Oh, <laughs> that's a dark question. <laughs> um, my favorite project that I've done, you know, I think my favorite project that I've done was uh, a commercial for California tacos. Actually, it was um, okay. It was for one of their tacos that came out and not necessarily because it looked great, mm-hmm. but because it was just a blast making it because I was doing all these cool things. So in that video that I'm talking about, it's on my Instagram, the t- I had someone throw up a tomato and then I had them, I had to cut the tomato and I had them throw up a cut up tomato and then I matched cut it. So it looked like in the air, it looked like the tomato exploded. Oh, cool. Um, and you know, I just had a lot of fun, like, I guess I don't want to say engineering, but I'm going to say engineering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like certain camera moves for that video. I had the most fun because um, you know, I really, that was before I had a lot of the equipment that I had now. So I just had to really figure out, like, I had these really cool shots in my mind and I had to figure out without that equipment, how am I going to get there? So I had to get creative. Mm. I, it was a lot of masking things and there's a lot of time in after effects, trying to remove a lot of things that were in the shot. But at, at the end of the day, I think it turned out pretty cool. That was my favorite project because it was the most fun I've had on a project. Would you say, you know, just going along with that, with breaking down what you just said, would you say that that was something that really helped your craft by not having everything you needed? It helped you to decipher that, man, if I can do this for this, then, you know, next time I can, you know, change this up and do it like this. Like, would you say that that really added to like, you're like, man, this, you know, I can think this out and figure it out if I just, you know, do it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, now that I have the proper gear for things like this, um, sometimes I won't even set it up. Like I just did one of my favorite videos that I did was it was just a fun project. It, I wasn't hired by them, but it was for Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola okay, specifically yeah. Coca-Cola Portugal. Um, and just a, a quick sidebar, I created this video and I knew Coca-Cola was too big of a brand to even reach out to, mm. but Coca-Cola is in each country. So I'm in Portugal right now. Coca-Cola Portugal actually reached out to me and we've been emailing back and forth to actually do uh, work for them, which is insane. Awesome. So that's just, that's uh, just to get my point across of like, dude, the free to fee work. It's like, yeah, just take anything, sure. do some passion projects. But um, for that project, I posted a behind the scenes on my Instagram. Dude, I didn't use any of my like professional gear. <laughs> I, I felt lazy that day and I didn't know if the video was going to come out. I was just, you know, messing around. I got, I put my green screen out and I just, you know, I put the Coca-Cola bottle on an upside down cup to raise it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was just super tacky looking, but I just got, I like that process of not having anything because I'm forced to get creative. So to answer your mm-hmm. question, sometimes I purposely don't use my gear so I can like force myself to be more creative. I don't have to rely on on these really nice pieces of gear where it sometimes takes the creativity out of it for me. There it is. Don't get, don't get me wrong. They're amazing. And they make your life incredibly easy because mm-hmm. if I had to use, you know, if I didn't have that gear, 
I would get very burnt out and frustrated. But Uh-oh. every now and again, it's like a nice, like cre- to get my creative juices flowing again, it's nice to have to engineer certain things, certain ways yeah. and just figure it out. You know, I, everyone says this in filmmaking, but it's true. Filmmaking, 90% of filmmaking is problem solving and figuring out how, <laughs> how, you know, how you're going to do this. Yeah, no, that's, that's so sweet. You know, it's man, that's, and I remember watching that video because like, I, it reminded me of a commercial along, it might've been an older Coca-Cola commercial. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Because like in the, you know, your ad, it kind of had like, you know, I saw that you use a spray bottle and it kind of had that trickle effect, but -hmm. it wasn't like too heavy. Right. I couldn't tell like it was like, you know, you just like poured water on it. It's just like, okay, what? Totally. Like, like what is this? But I could tell like you really, really detailed with that. And I thought that was unique because I thought that added to your craft. And, and that was like the icing on the cake to be like, oh, this is why we value this guy. This is why we want him working with our clients. This is why this guy is going for the queen bee and he wants right. all the worker bees working together. And so I... I thought it was just awesome because like, it's, I feel like with, with everything, there's a, there's a standard. And I feel like with everything, sometimes there's a certain way to do it, but it's always awesome. I think for me, in my opinion, when you see others use what they have and create something even more unique. And it's like, you could never create that if you had everything you needed, because if you had everything you needed, you already know what to expect and what it's going to look like right. rather than what you had. So right. I, I think that's awesome, man. I, I think that's great. I mean, that's right. That's and, definitely and, special. You know, I love, I love product commercials, but it's really irritating because the, the guys or the, sorry, well, actually the media houses that are doing product commercials for these big companies, like not just Coca-Cola Portugal, I'm talking like Coca-Cola, like the actual core, like headquarters, you know, people who are doing, the ads for that or the product ads for that or for Doritos or something. It's so irritating because when you look behind the scenes, they're using machines. Like I get it. You have to, there's a lot of talent and I'm sure there's some creativity that goes into that. But to me, I feel like it sucks the creativity out of it. Like I don't want to use these machines. Um, And that's why I haven't really been necessarily stepping out of product commercials. I've been doing that. That's kind of like my main source of clientele. Yeah. But like, I've been trying to go back into a little bit of weddings or a little bit of other commercials because I miss the, I do sometimes miss like the going out on, you know, with my camera rigged up handheld and going and just getting some cool footage, like, and just seeing where it takes me, uh, like where product commercials, sometimes it can feel like it, you know, it's hard to get creative. Mm-hmm. So I've been enjoying stepping out into other niches recently as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with, so how long, you know, you want to tell our listeners, how long have you been doing what you do? I mean, I don't even know. I'm not keeping track. Any, I, w- I want to say like two years, two and a half years, somewhere around there. Cause it's hard to say because it's um, I'd have to look back exactly on my calendar because I've been doing it. Like I said, as a hobby, I was doing it as a hobby for a while. You know, I was surfed and skated. So I always had like a camera around. Yeah. Um, and like, I think I would say like two and a half years ago, two years ago, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you're probably still building that experience yeah. right yeah. right now. It's 2020, like... 2020 made me lose track of time. I don't keep <laughs> I don't keep track of anything anymore. <laughs> like what day is it? Uh, How long have you been a filmmaker? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of round things up, you know, it's I just want to say I appreciate, you know, your work and the landscape work that you do. Like the little I think they're reels on Instagram. No, they're, um, oh man, what's it called? IGTVs? IGTVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the IGTVs with like the, I think you got a DJI Maverick or something like that. Or, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I appreciated the seeing the scenery because I, I've personally never been to Portugal, but I think mm-hmm. it's awesome to be able, because I think drone photography is going to be, booming here soon um yeah especially fpv which is uh like first person point of view i think it stands for but have you seen anything about fpv drones no i'm they're insane man they're that's definitely so i shoot on a wait you mean the drones with the goggles yeah 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 yeah. i have a friend who has like it's not like it's like 4k and like you put the goggles on and like you can fly with it i tried that it was pretty scary man yeah so (laughs) i i'm i'm shooting on a sony a7 III right now my next step up i'm gonna step up into a black magic cinema camera which is like a it's a cinema camera Mm -hmm. and then um after i do that after i make that upgrade to my gear the next thing i'm gonna do is i'm gonna get into fpv drone because those things if you youtube after this podcast like fpv drones some mm-hmm. of the clips especially from you know a lot of people know sam colder he's a big youtube influencer he has amazing fpv drone footage and it's like man if i can add that into my client's work that would just like elevate it even more so yeah. that's definitely something i want to get into a little off topic but <laughs> no 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 but i but you know that's still along with the profession i mean i'm sure and you know, in movies, they got to use drones somewhere. I mean, I mean, there's only, right. you can't, it's only so high up you could go before you put someone's, you know, life at risk before, it's right. just like, you know, we have a drone for this. So let's just get a four right. drone and let's fly it up there and we'll get the shot. So nobody has to worry about anything, but totally. Um, yeah. So to end, to end, to end things up, what, if you could give any advice to a listener who's teetering or listens to this podcast and they're like man you know i think i could do that you know what i wonder what i should do you know what what advice would you give well i'd do two things depending on your level of courage that you have i i would go through and look up local businesses don't even think about a niche to to get into just yet unless you're really 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 confident in yourself but just to build your skills i would say two things first learn marketing the basics of marketing understand it a little bit and then go create a spreadsheet of local businesses just google local businesses and then go out and walk to local businesses and offer free to fee work if you really want to get into it that's what i would recommend and i guarantee if you do that by the end of that same day you will have at least three clients that say yeah i'll let you do a free video for me go overperform on those videos and uh, if they like it, they'll likely rehire you. Uh, another piece of advice too is stop sitting inside watching YouTube videos. 
Mm-hmm. I've found that I've actually really eased back on watching YouTube videos. I rarely consume that like a lot of content from other filmmakers now because I found when I step away from it, I'm a lot more creative. When you constantly, advice I would give is when you constantly watch, it's good to get advice and tips from these guys, but when you constantly yep. watch them so much, you start to want to adapt their adopt their style and it almost is detrimental to yourself and your style because you need to go out and create your own style. You can't go out and try to imitate somebody else's style in the beginning because that will just... I know that that was a big thing for me. I tried to imitate other people's styles until I found my own. And it kind of like, it made me, it, it put a roadblock in front of me a lot sooner than I should have had a roadblock. Uh, and, and the final piece of advice that I would give is just go out and shoot, like literally push your creativity. Cause I was never really considered myself a creative guy. I'm constantly doing creative exercises, to try to be more creative, like walking down from this block to, you know, the street four blocks away, what can I videotape or what can I film in that in those four blocks in the next three hours and make an, a, a decent video? Mm-hmm. Like just put random tests on yourself like that, that you can literally go do in the next 10 minutes, like walk down the street, you know, think of something to do. Uh, maybe it's a small nature video or something, just something like that to, you know, start getting those creative juices flowing you're able to practice with your gear more. You're then able to practice with your editing software more, just constantly, constantly be creating. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, that's great advice. You know, before, before I even thought about, you know, just uh, having you on the podcast, I was like, I was like, oh man, you know, this is great because, you know, this here's somebody who wants to try to create more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And so I really appreciate that. But also too, is there anything you want to like give light to? Is there anything, you know, if the listeners want to look for, you want to tell them about your page, where to find you, you know, I know, I think you have a masterclass maybe. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, definitely. So, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Dylan R Reynolds underscore. That's where I post most of my work. Or you could go to my YouTube. Um, starting in 2021, I've taken like a, a few months break here. But starting in the beginning of 2021, I'm going to be posting a lot more on YouTube. Um, and then, so that's just Dylan Reynolds. And then the final thing is in January, uh, in the next, uh, I think in five days, five or six days from whenever you release this podcast, um, uh, my master, my editing masterclass on Premiere Pro is going to be released, which is really exciting. I've been awesome, working man. really hard on this. Um, it's in Premiere Pro and it's specifically for beginners. So if you're, just to get it off the bat, if you're an intermediate or an expert, this course just isn't for you. It's specifically tailored to get people into Premiere Pro, like getting them started, helping them jumpstart into Premiere Pro. Because when I first started, it was so confusing in that software. So um, that's really what the masterminds revolved around. So you guys can see that I'll be releasing it when it comes out in five or six days um, on my YouTube and Instagram. So if you go check any of those two out, you'll see when it comes out in the link to that. Yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So Dylan, thank you so much again for being on the podcast, man. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks so much. No, I really appreciate it, man. I'm, I really appreciate having, uh, being able to come on your podcast, you having me on the podcast. <laughs> it's super cool. Cause we never really talked much before this. So it's super cool to just sit down and, and, uh, chat with somebody to make a new friend. Yeah, 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 for sure. 
And like all the listeners, um, you know, this podcast is sponsored by Major. So um, I know you're very familiar with this page. So go check it out. Go check out the website. And if there's anything that you would like to be printed, we can do anything um, with your design. So um, thanks again for listening to Clear Conversations. And I hope uh, you guys have a good day and you're staying safe. Thank you.